Thank you for showing up to today's Bible College curriculum, June 1st, The Great Escape. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Once you start stepping out in faith and walking in the Spirit, the devil will see to it that you have ample opportunity to fall flat on your spiritual face. He'll try to get you into some jam where there appears to be no way out. But take it from me as one who sees, who's been there. If you look to God and trust his wisdom instead of your own, he'll always show you a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Not only that, but he'll do it in such a way that he'll get the glory and you'll have the last laugh on the devil. I remember one particular Wednesday night in Wichita Falls, Texas, where I was faced with such a situation. I was preaching on the reality of the righteousness of God, and the anointing was really strong. Just as the message reached its climax moment, a woman in the audience suddenly burst forth in tongues. I told her to stop three times, but she only continued to grow louder. By the time she hushed, the anointing had gone and the message was forgotten. So I looked at the woman sternly and began to correct her for being out of order. Then a man sitting next to her spoke up and said, Brother Copeland, she is stone deaf. She can't hear a word you're saying. (laughs) At that point, I had no idea what to do. Not only had my sermon been shattered, but the whole congregation was mad at me for getting onto that poor deaf woman. I found out later the man next to her used her to disrupt services and to run preachers out of town. When the service reached a high point, he punched her and told her it was her turn to prophesy. So I just stopped a moment and got quiet and waited for the Lord to tell me what to do. Sure enough, he told me, he said, call her up and lay hands on her and I'll open her ears. Talk about a turnaround. When God healed the woman's ears, He turned that disaster into one of the most powerful anointing meetings I ever had. Everyone was blessed. Next time the devil tries to back you into a corner, get quiet. Ask God to show you the way of escape. He will bring you out into victory. And the reading is Acts 14, verses 8 to 22. And in Lystra... A certain man without strength in his feet was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking about observing him and intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Now when the people saw Paul, what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying in the Koinonia language, The gods have come down to use us in the likeness of men. And Barnabas they called Seus and Paul Hemis because he was the chief speaker. Then the priest Seus, whose temple was in front of their city, brought oxen and garlands to the gate, and intending to sacrifice with the multitudes. But when the apostle Barnabas Paul heard this, they tore their clothes and ran in among the multitude crying out, saying, Men, why are you doing these things? We're also men with the same nature as you. And preach to you that you should turn from these useless things. So the living God, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all things that are in them, who in bygone generations allowed the nations to walk their own way. Amen. 
Well, word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's go ahead and now move over to the um, Psalms and Proverbs. Psalm 1 for today. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they are like the shaft which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Amen. Psalm 31. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net which they have laid secretly for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. I have hated those who regard useless idols. But I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities and have not shut me up in the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a white place. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eyes waste away in grief. Yes, my soul and body for my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors. I am repulsive to my acquaintance, to those who see me outside flee from me. I am forgotten like a dead man. Out of mind, I am like a broken vessel. For I hear the slander of many. Fear is on every side. While they take counsel together against me, they scheme to take away my life. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times in your hand deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face to shine upon your servant. Save me for your mercy's sake. Do not let me be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon you. Let the wicked be ashamed. Let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak insolent things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you, in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from plots of men. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the stripes of times. Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplication when I cried out to you, O oh, love the Lord, all you his saints, for the Lord preserves the faithful and fully repays the proud person. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Are you that hope in the Lord? Amen. Psalms. Let's see. Psalms 31, be 61. 
Let's go to Psalm 91, please. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the follower and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You should not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Eight thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent shall you trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hey everyone, thank you for coming to today's uh, podcast for Bible College Curriculum. Fernando, your instructor. <laughs> Receive the man of God by the Copans, May 28. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. John thirteen twenty. Let's go ahead and pray with the Lord's Prayer. Open up our session. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much for coming on today's teaching. Okay, John 13, 20. I'm going to read it in the uh, Passion Translation. You're call me your teacher and Lord and you're right, for that's who I am. Hmm. So if I'm your teacher and Lord, have you washed your dirty feet? Then you, and I have washed your dirty feet, then you should follow the example that I set for you and wash one's another's dirty feet. Now do for each other what I have just done for you. I speak to you of timeless truth. A servant is not superior to his master, and an apostle is never greater than the one who sent him. So now put into practice what I have done for you, and you will experience a life of happiness enriched with untold blessings. 
Very incredible right here. So now put into practice what I have done for you. And you will experience a life of happiness enriched with untold blessings. Universities, colleges, and medical associations have studied people who serve others. People that volunteer in hospitals, who volunteer with handicapped children, who volunteer with the elderly. Um, they found out and that their blood pressure is lower, they are happier, more spontaneous to laugh, they make more money. Did I say they were healthier? <laughs> lower blood pressure? Not amazing what Jesus was giving us something here. This is the way God made the rules, his rules for his, for his world. I read the wrong, I was supposed to read 1320. Here we go. Listen to this timeless truth. Whoever receives the messenger I send receives me, and the one who receives me receives the Father who sent me. Can you imagine washing the feet of the messenger God has sent? Whew. Can you imagine how much, how much blessing you're going to get? So when you, it's the same thing when we honor the word of the Lord in our hearts and our minds as we read it. You know, we're taking time to receive Jesus into our living room, in our minds, and converse with him through his word. Woo, sounds like a blessing to me. Sounds like a revelation. You heard it right here, Fernando's podcast, folks. Thank you, Lord. Now, let's go ahead and see what the Copelands have to say. I can't tell you how many born-again, Holy Ghost-filled Christians pick their pastor apart on Saturday night and then expect him to pray the prayer of faith for them Sunday morning. They constantly make critical comments about the evangelists and preachers that God has sent to minister to them and then wonder why the reign of the Spirit has all but dried up in their churches. Most of those folks would never dream of criticizing the ministry of Jesus, yet according to the Word of God, that's precisely what they, they're doing. You see, Jesus said, He that receiveth whomsoever I send, receiveth me. I know ministers fail sometimes. I know they make mistakes. Jesus knew they would, too. But even so, He said, If you receive them, you receive me. If you think some preacher's doctrine is wrong, then pray for him. Stop sitting under his ministry if necessary. But the scripture says, who are, who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master, he stands or falls. And he will stand. For the Lord is able to make him stand. Romans 14.4 the minister of the gospel are not your servants. They are God's servants. Whether they're right or whether they're wrong, love them and respect them, if for no other reason than to honor the one who sent them. Learn to receive the minister of God that Jesus sends to you with the same respect and the same honor that you would give Jesus himself. You'll open the door for great spiritual power to be released. You'll clear the way of, for God to meet your needs. 
the anointing of God will be released through the man of God to you. Refuse to let criticism hold back the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Then get ready to be blessed because I guarantee he won't hold out on you. And scripture for reading today is Numbers chapter 12, verses 1 through 16. Let's go over there. Huh. Interesting. We'll go all the way to Numbers. Numbers 12. Was it Numbers 12? Yep. 1 through 16. Here we go. Ha, well, it's not available not available on the Passion Translation. Let's go with the uh, New Living Translation. It's always a good one to, to enjoy. While they were at Hazarot, Miriam and Aaron, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. I guess she was black. They said, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. So immediately the Lord called to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam and said, Go out to the tabernacle, the, all three of you. <laughs> so the three of them went to the tabernacle. Then the Lord descended in the pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, he called, and they stepped forward. And the Lord said to them, Now listen to what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, will reveal myself in vision. Visions. I will speak to them in dreams. But not with my servant Moses. All of my house, he is the one I trust. Of all of my house. I speak to him face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? The Lord was very angry with them and he departed. As the cloud moved from above the tabernacle, there stood Miriam, her skin as white as snow from leprosy. When Aaron saw what had happened to her, he cried out to Moses, Oh, my master, please don't punish us for this sin we have so foolishly committed. Don't let her be like a stillborn baby already decayed at birth. So Moses cried out to the Lord, Oh God, I beg you, please heal her. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had done nothing more than spit in her face... Wouldn't she be defiled for seven days? So keep her outside the camp for seven days, and after that she may be accepted back. So Miriam went, was kept outside the camp for seven days, and the people waited until she was brought back before they traveled again. Then they left Hazarot and camped in the wilderness of Paran. Amen. Very interesting that... Uh, the Lord is listening to us when we criticize other people, ministers, and uh, and it feels so good to get together and talk about someone. And the 12-step program is one of our absolutes that we, we keep the gossip at a minimum. And in Al-Nam, it's really 
Absolute, because they they mention that that three things they say, no religion, you know, outside issues, no gossip, you know, and whatever is said there stays there, and it just reminds you on every meeting. Um, so it's very, very heart heart hearting, very encouraging to be a member of the twelve step program through Al-Anon. And the 12 steps, when you know that principle. Um, well, the other principle, too, is blessing them. Thanking God for them just the way they are and bless them. Who else is going to do it? Don't you think that God is putting an opportunity for us to uh, enjoy a happier, joyful life? You think it was a mistake that I read the wrong thing about Jesus washing the feet of the other? And, and the power of blessing people? that don't deserve the blessing. I think it's it's a way for God to answer our prayers through problem from problematic people. Say, thank you, God. I bless them just the way they are. You said vengeance is mine. These are your children. So if we just bless them. We get, what did the Bible say? We'll be happier. We'll be rewarded. And we'll be, we won't be cut, caught up with them with mediocrity and unable to see them face to face. You ever talk about somebody and they come into the room and all of a sudden everybody, you can just feel the mediocrity in the air. Is that the right word? You can just feel the tension and the cloud in the air that they've been, uh, you've been talking about somebody. But if you just bless them, say, hey, God bless that person. They're trying their best. You know, it may not be the best service and stuff, but I ain't doing anything. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching television. Um, and we bless and God bless the person. So when you see them, you see them enthusiastically, man, because we're all spirits. Anyway, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his counts and give you peace. Amen. God bless our equipment. And God bless our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name. Hey, take care now. See you guys later. Bye. Thank you for coming on today's Bible College for May 29th. Don't hesitate by the Copelands. Our scripture is in James chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, and that says, Just make sure you ask, and empowered by confident faith, without doubting that you will receive. For the ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas, driven by tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and tossed down the next. When you are half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? And remember, just make sure you ask, empowered by confident faith without doubting, that you will receive. Amazing, huh? Amen. Amazing how we were supposed to believe that he has heard us and heard our, our prayer. 
What happens when you hesitate to do something God has told you to do? Your adversary takes the first step. The devil gets the jump on you. If you want to live by faith, hesitation is one of the most hazardous habits you could ever have. It comes from being indecisive. The Bible says a man like that is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, decides, the Amplified Bible. If you are double-minded, the decisions you make are split. You try to live by faith and protect your fear at the same time. You make faith statements like, I believe God is going to heal me. Then your fear whispers, but I won't want to say I'm well just yet. But I wouldn't want to say I'm well just yet. You're so busy going back and forth between faith and fear, you can't make any progress at all. Kick the habit of hesitation today. Make a solid decision to trust in and act on the word of God. Settle it forever. Resolve never to entertain doubts again. When doubt comes to your mind, cast it out quickly. When God speaks, don't waste a moment. Step right out in faith. That way you can always keep the devil a step behind your behind you. Amen. With all that, you got to act. We have to act in action, guys. Once we pray, you know, I heard this one person, a speaker say, well, I don't know what I'm going to say today, but I prayed. It's out of my hands. I put it in God's hands. And you know what? Laughter, joy, and good results was, was the outcome of turning it over to God. So let's try it. Let's try turning it over to God, okay? Let's call on the power of God. And let's turn something over. Lord, we just turn over our finances to you. Lord God, we give you our finances, Lord. May you establish them, fix them, do them. Lord, we ask you that you replenish them, Lord. Eliminate death. Lord, cast it out into the sea. We command death to leave this house. Through Jesus Christ, it is finished. It is paid for. It is gone in Jesus' name. We declare it so. And we act like it, Lord. We rejoice and we're glad that you have heard our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. I felt something go out. Did you? So, hey, that's a real good prayer. Don't forget, 10%, folks. You start getting blessed. 10%. You heard it right here. I had a pastor say that. If you move out of the way, he goes, you better send me your 10% because you got the ideas here. And sure enough, one day I was, I moved. I sent him a seven thousand dollar check. <laughs> True story. Aren't I somebody? James one eight. Okay, now, greetings. My name is Jacob, and I am a love slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to all the 12 tribes of Israel who have been sown as seeds among the nations. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. 
And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. And if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. He will see he won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace, his generous grace. Just make sure you're asking empowered by confident faith, believing without doubting that you will receive for the ambivalent person who believes one minute and does the next being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven by tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and tossed down the next. When you're half-hearted and wavering, it leaves you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? Amen. Good reading. And we're going to back up the reading today with our Limitless Love book for May 29th from the Copelands. Who is getting close to you? Matthew 19, 13 to 14, NIV says, When people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and prayed for them, but the disciples rebuked them, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. People always wanted to be around Jesus. His disciples loved to be with him. Sinners wanted to be with him. Even little children wanted to be near him. That proves he wasn't just loving and kind when he was preaching. He was loving all the time. He was going to be his followers. If we're going to be his followers, we ought to, amen, we ought to be that way too. We shouldn't be gentle and kind in church on Sunday and then go to the mechanic shop on Monday and chew the guy out for being late with our car. We shouldn't be taking faith out of one side of our mouths and then putting pressure on people with the other. Some Christians do that. When they're around other believers, they'll say that they trust the Lord to bring them through. But when they step out into the world and begin dealing with other people, they're the loudest, pushiest, most demanding folks you've ever seen. What's worse is when they do it in the name of being bold, they'll yell at someone who isn't giving them the service they want or getting them the result they think they deserve. Then they justify it by saying, Well, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. That's not what the Bible says. Luke 6.31 says we should do to others as we would have them do to us. And Galatians 5.6 says faith works by love. When we start putting pressure on people in unloving ways, our faith shrivels up and quits working. We're no longer looking to God or depending on him. We're putting our dependence on flesh. Some people even excuse unloving behavior by saying, it's just that strong anointing that makes me act that way. No, being pushing isn't from being anointed. It's just rude. And when we act that way, people won't want to be around us. Other believers won't want to be around us. Sinners won't want to be around us. Even God won't want to be around us. 
I know because early in my Christian life, the Lord told me that even though he loved me, he didn't enjoy being around me. My harshness and my quick-tempered grieve him. So if you want to check up on your love walk, look around you. Are others drawn to you or do they steer away? Are they frightened and intimidated or do they feel safe and secure in your presence? One thing is sure, if you're truly walking in the love of Jesus, people will want to be close to you. Amen. And if you're at odds with somebody, let's pray the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's my shepherd, for them. Do it about three, four times. Use their name for about three, four days, and you should not automatically hate someone or be testy or be resentful, but you will do the work of intercession. So let's go ahead and pray for our enemies right now, for the people that that bug us, okay? And we'll use uh, so-and-so. The Lord is the shepherd of so-and-so. They shall not want. The Lord makes them lie down in green pastures and leads them besides the still waters. The Lord restores their soul the Lord makes them walk in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, though they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, they will fear no evil, for you are right beside them. Your rod and your staff, they comfort him. The Lord prepares a table before them in the presence of their enemies. The Lord anoints their head with oil. Their cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy and loving kindness shall follow them all the days of their life. And they will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. That was an example of how we should pray for our enemies. And if you're testy with somebody, if subconsciously you're, you're wondering why you don't like somebody, uh, pray that prayer for them. And you, you'll, the next time you see them, they, it, there won't be anything there. If there's a spirit that wants you to hate them, or you, they hate you, whatever. Uh, we we do the attack mode. We attack with Psalm 23, the people that we are, are, are at odds with. And God will bless us. He's always blessing us. Amen. And now, let's go ahead and pray for ourselves. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, family. Have a great week. God bless you. Hope to see you tomorrow. Bye. Thank you for coming on today's podcast. We're going to be reading for May 31st. Faith to faith, 
by the Copelands. Live in power. And today's scripture is Romans 6, 4. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Amen. Romans 6, 4. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, for creating us in your image, Lord God, to do your work. Thank you for giving us ears to hear and eyes to see what you instruct us in the church, Lord. For this reason, we're called for your glory and your honor, Lord. We thank you for that. Amen. Be unto us according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Gloria goes on to say, As believers, you actually have, reciting in you, the same new life God gave Jesus when he raised him from the dead. The old sinner you once were has died. You become a new creation on the inside. You are full, or I should say, we are full of the resurrection life of God. But sin, disobedience, and living a selfish, carnal life will keep that resurrection life from flowing out. Sin will separate us from the power of God, even though we're born again. Resurrection life will lay dormant in us if we walk in sin. We can't overcome sin by trying to stop sinning. However, we overcome it by walking in the new life God has put within us. By spending time in the Word and in prayer, as we do that, the Spirit of God will strengthen us and enable us to put that sin under our feet. Remember, though, the Holy Spirit will not subdue those old fleshly habits of ours on His own. He'll wait on you to take the initiative. Then He will strengthen you to follow through with your decision. He will teach you how to walk in the new life that is on the inside of you. Take the first step today by asking for His help. Say, Lord, I desire to experience the power to live by this new life every day. By a decision of my heart, I put down the dictates of sin. I declare myself dead to sin in Jesus' name. I will spend time in prayer and in the Word today. As I do, I believe I'll receive a Holy Ghost refreshing in my life. I believe it will begin to live I'll begin, we will begin to live out the resurrection power that you placed in us. Amen. Let's pray that again. Lord, we desire to experience the power to live by this new life every day by a decision of our hearts. We put down the dictates of sin. We declare ourselves dead to sin. In Jesus' name, we will spend time in prayer and in the word today as we do we believe we will receive a Holy Ghost refreshing in our lives. We believe it will begin to live out the resurrection power you place in us. Amen. Additional reading is Romans 7, verses 1 through 6. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over man as long as he lives? Question mark. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be caught in adulteress. 
but if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who has raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit of God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions were, which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law, for I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. Oh boy, that's a lot of instructions, huh? All right, limitless love, May 31st. Be aware they they are there. Romans 13.10 Love does not harm to a neighbor, Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Who is your neighbor? Your neighbor is the person who is near to you at the moment. When you're standing in line at the ball game, your neighbor is the man standing in front of you, whom you elbow out of the way to get a better seat. When you're waiting to, for a parking place at the grocery store, our neighbor is the person in the car who swerved around us and took the place we've been waiting for. The Bible says love does not harm to those people. Love is considerate of them. Love is sensitive to them. That sounds simple enough, but the fact is before we can be considerate of someone and sensitive to them, we have to be aware that they, they're there, that they're there. We have to be spiritually alert enough to notice them. To do that, we have to get our minds renewed because our culture has trained us to be so self-centered, we don't even see each other. It's amazing. People will notice things before they'll notice other people. They'll admire an expensive car and never see the person driving it. They'll appreciate buildings, clothes, and jewelry and ignore the people in them as if they totally insignificant. But when we fall into that, we're being deceived. People are far more important than things. Never use people to get things. Use things to bless and show God's love to people. The only way we can be sure not to do any harm to our neighbors is to value people enough to notice them. We must esteem others as much as we do ourselves. We must see them as being more important than things. We should never treat someone poorly over a seat at the ball game or a parking place, but we we will do it inadvertently if we don't renew our minds and exercise our awareness of them. That's why walking in love requires us to cultivate our consciousness of the impact our words and actions have on the people around us. If we hurt someone's feeling <clears throat> because we spoke harshly to them, <clears throat> We can excuse ourselves by saying, hey, I didn't even realize I offended them <clears throat> or I was thinking about something else and I didn't notice they were standing there. That won't fly because if we're walking in love, we won't be that self-absorbed. We'll see the pain flash across the person's face 
when we're erupt with them. We'll consider them most more important than our own thoughts and acknowledge them when we walk by. <clears throat> Love gives us a heightened awareness of others that keeps us from carelessness, neglecting them. It ensures that we do our neighbors no harm. <clears throat> That's love. Might as well read a uh, Psalm, excuse me, Proverbs thirty-one. The Proverbs thirty-one for today. We'll move it over to um, the Message Bible. Easy to read, just moves quickly. It says, Speak out for justice. Little words of King Lemuel. The strong advice his mother gave him. Oh, son of mine, what can you be thinking of? Child whom I bore, the son I dedicated to God. Don't dilute your strength on fortune-hunting women. Promiscuous women who shipwreck leaders. Leaders can't afford to make fools of themselves, gulping wine and swiftling beer. Less hungover, they don't know right from wrong, and the people who depend on them are hurt. Use wine and beer only as sedatives to kill the pain and dull the ache, off the terminally ill, for whom life is a living death. Speak up for the people who have no voice, for the right of all the misfits. Speak out for justice. Stand up for the poor and destitute. A good woman is hard to find and worth far more than diamonds. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. Never spiteful, she treats him generously all her life long. She shops around for the best yarns and cottons and enjoys knitting and sewing. She likes a trading she's like a trading ship that sails to faraway places and brings back exotic surprises. She's up before dawn preparing breakfast for her family and organizing her day. She looks over a field and buys it. Then with money she puts aside plants a garden. First thing in the morning she dresses for work, rolls up her sleeves eager to get started. She senses the worth of her work is in no hurry to call it quits for the day. She's skilled in the craft of home and heart, diligent in homemaking. She's quick to assist anyone in need, reaches out for help to help the poor. She doesn't worry about her family when it snows. Their winter clothes are all mended and ready to wear. She makes her own clothing and dresses in colorful linens and skills. Her husband is greatly respected when he delivers with his city fathers. She designs gowns and sells them, brings the sweaters she knits to the dress shops. Her clothes are well made and elegant, and she always faces tomorrow with a smile. When she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say, and she always says it kindly. She keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy and productive. Her children respect and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise. Many women have done wonderful things, but you outclass them all. Charm can mislead and beauty soon fades. The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. Give her everything she deserves. Adorn her life with praise. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.